This month, Streaming Things is brought to you by these super patrons, and I'm about to shout them out. Thank you so much to Chester Copperpot, Jade, Jillian Morgan, Aaron Layton, Adam Horn, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Crystal Trujillo, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, Stanton, Valerie, and Will Nash. Kick. Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Andy. And this is Streaming Things, the one podcast to rule them all. And in the RSS feeds, find them. Mm, you will have noticed and maybe warned in advance that Steve is not here with us. Uh, and that is a very sad thing to say because this is the finale of the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, the last episode, uh, wherein we'll be covering that show, at least for probably some years. It's been a journey. It has. Uh, maybe not too many years, because didn't they already start production on season two? So, like, they ain't wasting time. They did. Yeah, I still would expect... At least a year and a half. 2024 to be the release of this. But yeah. I could be wrong. Uh, I certainly hope House of the Dragon is faster than that, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. Um. But any whoozle, this is the Rings of Power, not the House of the Dragon. And so, yeah, Steve's not here. He, uh, for those who don't know, he works, you know, he films things for folks. There's a giant event going on in uh, the Cincinnati area where we live right now, where they they line the streets with uh, celestial displays, lights and such. Yeah, they do like um, projector, um, like art exhibits up against like existing buildings and stuff. It's it's really, really cool. Very, I, it's very cool, very trippy. I haven't gotten to go. I imagine it would be awesome on drugs or absolutely batshit insane and you would lose your mind. One it, of the two. It depends on your vibe as with anything. Yeah, you know? and the drugs that you're on for sure. Yes. But... Um, <laughs> It is heartbreaking that Steve isn't here, first off, because that means I'm manning the boards and yikes. Uh, second, uh, we're not in the studio. We're Well, we're back to our roots. We're hanging out at the Octagon, and that's cool. Also known as my dining room table. Yeah, back to the roots of uh, where stream, stranger, streaming things started. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, you might notice, you know, maybe less uh, accents, maybe less impersonations, or mm -hmm. just as many, but they're not as good. The quality <laughs> might decline. Oh, I am the orc. <laughs> yeah, that's Andy's <laughs> French orc. Um, thank you to all those who wrote in. We'll still do a mailbag. If we get enough emails for Rings of Power specifically, we'll do a separate episode for a Rings of Power mailbag and then a separate House of the Dragon mailbag. Uh, and then field some questions as to the immediate future of streaming things. But I can tell you this. We will, we will, we will, <laughs> we will. That's the, <laughs> is that the German orc, the Russian Nine. orc? Uh, we will be, <laughs> we will be scaling back. Um, I think get some time to focus on the future of the show and really give us time to focus on our patrons. So, you know, one or two main feeds episode a, a week, uh, and then just a lot of time to do the bonus episodes and stuff like that. Because right now, it's just a lot. You it's know, bad shit. I it's can barely even hang out and talk to everybody in the Discord just because between the TikTok, my actual life, and the podcast. And we all have full-time jobs. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, all of this is all of, you know, those three things are being spread across what time I have outside of my, you know, 
two children and, and it's not main that we, job. we don't love our listeners. It's just that two shows that we were insanely hyped about happened to come out at the same time. And they're like, what are we going to do? And we were like, well, we're going to do both. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have been, and it's been a lot. Yeah. So it's, it, I mean, after tonight, it'll just be, we'll hang out every Sunday, um, cover house of the dragon. And before that we'll do the discord hangouts or record extra Patreon episodes. Um, some people have a tier where they can tell us to watch a movie to cover on the main feed. We'll do that. So it'll be a Sunday party thing. It'll be much easier than meeting every Friday and Sunday. Um, and then after house of the dragon, I have no clue. Um, just kind of take a chill pill, go back to covering voted upon movies and stuff like that. Maybe some big releases mm-hmm. doing overall episodes on whole seasons and really trying to look forward to what we might cover in depth next. So that's where you guys come in right into streaming things, pod at gmail.com. Always give us suggestions. Uh, if there's enough again, hot D and T Rop emails separately, we'll do those mailbag episodes separately to cap off those seasons. But if there's not, we'll just do it as one big hurrah when House of the Dragon ends. And let's all, you know, send Steve your well wishes because he's got four, you know, whole nights, all nighters of filming this big event. And I'm sure he's going to be tired and then come right back. And it's I'm sure he's very sad, especially mm-hmm. with the content of this finale. Yeah. Steve was, was the MVP. The Steve Vindication episode. I think it originated with me reading something and then we were all on board and then we all abandoned it around episode three or four. And Steve was like, no, I'm, mm-hmm. I still think he's a deceiver, you know, and <laughs> stuck with it, but we'll get into that shortly. I just wanted to cap off to address the, the, the lack of an elephant in the room, the lack of a French orc in the room. Steve's not here. And that's why he also won't be here uh, for the house of the dragon penultimate episode, which is perhaps even more sad, Finna but be crazy, but he'll be back very soon. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Um, yeah. And we should say too, the house of the dragon episode will be delayed. It typically drops at 3 AM, um, Mondays, Eastern standard time, at least. And it won't be dropping until like, Tuesday or yeah, Tuesday morning. Yeah. Um, so sometime Tuesday, you'll get your, your coverage of house of the dragon, which I know you're waiting for with bated breath, but let's start what, what we do is we do overall thoughts on each episode. We, Andy and I just finished watching the rings of power. Uh, we'll talk about our, our broad stroke thoughts, and then we'll get into a play by play after that. We'll get into a segment that we call second breakfast, where we try to find maybe some references to the original trilogy, maybe some references to the books or deep lore, things like that. After that, it'll be Old Toby, the finest scenes in the South Farling, uh, our, our top three favorite moments from the episode. And then finally, the one performance to rule them all, the MVP award, the streamy, if you will, our favorite uh, performance from the episode. Uh, and that is episode eight, Alloyed, the finale of season one of the Rings of Power. Andy, what did you think? We but went there and back again. We did. My dude, this is what I've been waiting for the whole season. I know that, like, we talked about the dearth of uh, badass elves doing badass elvish things and fighting with their swords and bows. We wanted to see Galadriel go hard, and we got some of that in, like, what was that, episode five, six? Um, it was, like, episodes one and, I think, six. And it was dope. That I got, um, that I got to see Galadriel. But this got me in the feels so hard and got me so excited for the show coming back. And uh, the the um, the finally getting the culmination of everything, every all, all the threads that have been dangled throughout the season. Um, it, it, it was so unbelievably satisfying. It had some of the best writing, not just of this season definitely this season but like of any show for a hot minute there were just some 
banger one-liners that like I wrote down word for word. We, we all have recently started taking notes like on laptops and it's leaps and bounds better than like these shitty. I'm a much faster scratches. typer than I am a writer. Yeah, nine tenths of my notes. I'm just like, yikes, what did I say here? Uh, so I, I have some stuff that's like, it's like tattoo material. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's some gorgeous dialogue mm-hmm. and I know I've seen people online knocking the dialogue specifically, but I think throughout there's been some really poetic you know, if you, oh yeah, it kind of depends on if you buy into that sort of language or not, which I definitely do as a, yeah, as dude, a fantasy it's nerd, flowery and wonderful. And, you know, makes you contemplate life in the best kind of way. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like the ultimate fortune cookie, you know? Uh, yeah. So I, I thought the writing was incredible. It had some gorgeous cinematography. There's one specific shot that I'm going to bring up later that was like, just sold me, uh, not just on the episode, but like on the general direction, not to say it hasn't already been a very beautiful show, I thought to go general direction. but the, it was just a, a, a very slight thing. And the way they staged it was gorgeous. Um, but yeah, man, I thought this episode was fantastic. What'd you think? I, I agree. I thought it was a very good episode. I think I said early on, it might've been episode two or three in our coverage. I said something about the stranger and about Sauron. And I was like, I really, it feels like they're going to lead this to be a giant reveal in the finale of the season. Well, you were like, there's no fucking way they're going to do that. And Steve said, uh, buddy, you about to be disappointed because that's definitely what they're going to do. And that would piss me off. And and you guys were like, that's a hundred percent what they're doing. And so there's that, like, obviously, uh, so this episode was great, but if I'm being honest, I wish they had gotten where they are a lot sooner. And then we had a couple of episodes to really bask in this, you know, the highs of this season were very high. I can't lie and say that I wasn't at times profoundly disappointed with the rings of power. Um, and I, as someone who is a huge fan of the original trilogy and has read the books, you know, a big fan of this universe, but, but there were some very high highs and I will 100% be watching season two and very excited about it now that they are where they're at, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, it, it's again, I felt like I waited cause I did literal year, wait literal years for this show only to just be like, okay, now I have to wait a couple more years, but that's going to be dope. And they might just keep baiting me along that way for God knows how long. Uh, But that sometimes happens. You know, you get Parks and Rec is one of my top five favorite shows of all time. hundred percent. Without a doubt. It's on that list. Season one is hot garbage, you know? Um, but I feel like that's just not as fair sometimes with like super long episodes and and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, they they uh, had a lot more foundation, I think, and less of an excuse for it to be uh, bad. But I, I don't think the show was ever bad, just no. occasionally disappointing. Yes, just the, some of the pacing was off um, and, you know, some of the storylines were way stronger than others. Uh, but all th- like I said, very high highs. And this episode was very strong. Let's get into it. Um, it opens uh, with the stranger wandering around Aaron Gallen, the Greenwood. Uh, they translated it for you in the Which title card. A, uh, I, did we need to know where we were here? It's well, like, it's fun he, for deep lore he, yeah, people. He's, he's somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's wandering around. It is fun kind of to like see where they're at in the map and where it becomes in the third age. And, mm-hmm. oh, that's fucking Gondor, you know, like mm-hmm. with Pelagar last time. Uh, but the stranger's hiking around. He's about to eat his gifted apple. Starts thinking about Nori and how she told him he was a good person. He was not the peril because he feels generally like he's the peril. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I feel like a peril. This is pretty perilous what I'm doing right now. 
yeah, I'm just hiking around. I don't even know where I'm at. And he's uh, not very coordinated. He stumbles mm-hmm. after he finds a sneaky boy in the woods. Uh, somebody's sneaking around like, I want that apple. And they steal his apple. That's a fucking that. apple stealer. I want that. He sees evil Nori, which at first I thought this scene was silly because mm-hmm. there's no real reason to pretend to be Nori because the stranger by his nature is very curious anyway. Mm-hmm. So if that, the, uh, I, th- I believe it's the ascetic that had transformed like that. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. One of the, one of the names, the one that looks kind of like Eminem is the ascetic, right? Uh, the dweller was like the kind of the, the main one that's been blowing at thing. Oh, that's the, dwe- so it was the dweller that was dressed as evil Nori, but I realized they were just trying to, it was like Chekhov's transformation. Cause they wanted to like tell hey, you that hey, they're they could, capable of doing, they had this. that power yeah. for what happens. They later. totally could have showed up and be like, Hey dude, yeah. like, huh? Yeah. He would have been like, Oh, I'll follow you then. I'm uh, super lost. You, I, you want some of this apple? I like to learn. Th- that's my apple. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a Maleficent the thing going on there. Cause the, uh, you know, uh, they're like holding out the apple I'm like, mm, bite it anyway. And then they say, the, the three uh, servants of Sauron is how we've come to know them over the past few episodes. We've come to serve you, Lord Sauron. And then it quick cuts away and you're like, oh, shit, the stranger is Sauron, question mark. But Andy said, I shan't be fooled. Mm-hmm. My, my notes here say I ain't convinced. Because mm. Sauron's a deceiver. Andy trying to hold Steve's banner was not convinced early on. <laughs> we cut to uh, Galati. Steve also wouldn't forgive me if I, if I didn't go, Maleficent. <laughs> he does it every time he hears that name. Really? Yeah, it's uh, from like Snow White and the Huntsman or something. <laughs> dude's terrible voice, Maleficent. Maleficent. Don't you knock Snow White and the Huntsman? That has the case to, which is the patron saint of streaming things. <laughs> uh, we cut to Galati galloping like she does and uh, shows up to, to Celebrimbor and Elrond, who are still trying to save the elves in their residence on Middle Earth. And apparently, you know, basically Elrond's showing him the tiny piece of Mithril that he's always had. Yeah. And he's like, all right, man, real disappointing. Got to say, ha- this is all I got. I <laughs> know <laughs> we spent the whole season trying to convince the dwarves to let us get some more. I had this the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can make do with this. Maybe we can do more with less. And Celebrimbor was like, what do more with less? No way. Uh, and <laughs> we got to we got to roll out. The elves are the elves are preparing to roll out. Galadriel rode six days without rest to bring them uh, the wounded Halbrand so that the elves could heal him. And uh, he needed elvish medicine. And keep in mind, they thought Galadriel was in Va- Valinor all this time. So Elrond's like Galadriel. <laughs> Try to say it properly. Fuck you doing here. <laughs> Uh, the king of the Southlands, it cuts to the next, it's, it's some weird cutting here. It's like the Halbrand land on the stone table. Um, and she's explaining to Elrond who that is. And, uh, he says, I should no, no. Yeah. He tells her, I should have trusted you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm real sorry for sending you to Valinor, helping being part of sending you to Valinor. And she says, I leapt from that ship because I believed I was not yet worthy of it, of peace meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> and then she hits him with, a dory from finding nemo <laughs> essentially she's like in life you know you just gotta you just, you just gotta keep swim, swim. just yep. keep swimming i'm a swim she's like i found myself in the ocean all i could do was swim which was quite literal because she would have drowned had yeah. she not swam Is and it she swam did for like swam sure not swum definitely not swum <laughs> <laughs> just keep swimming just keep swimming uh and that was a, that was a good moment i always love those two together uh, and then we, we cut to, uh, Celebrimbor in his workshop and I wish Steve was here because I he know. almost actually just goes, hello, <laughs> but he, like with a question mark, like, hello, 
<laughs> because he finds Halbrand wandering around. Uh, and we, Halbrand's a huge fan of Celebrimbor. He's like, the Celebrimbor? This is his workshop? Holy shit, Big Dick Daddy himself. <laughs> and he starts to flex on his fan, like clicks all his little gears to open the ceiling, like, oh, yes, indeed, this is Celebrimbor's Behold workshop. my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, you have a PS5? <laughs> Those oh, are so yes. hard to get right now. With the extended hard drive. I've got an early copy of Gotham Knights I forged myself. Oh, my God, dude. Um, what's your high score? You know, that kind of vibe. <laughs> and Halbrand is, like, totally fucking Sauron at this point. We already knew, right? Because, like, oh, oh yeah. this is them. This is the union. Andy had the back the, the backdrop in his mind of the Celebrimbor in the video game, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and this is the tower. So that was a big giveaway. Uh, and then the mithril's not enough. And there's a little bit of a, a gift reference, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says that's that's some insight. And uh, he's saying that uh, you should amplify the mithril with something else. Uh, he said that uh, in, in my lands, uh, you know, precious metals are really hard to come by. Mm-hmm. So we have to put nickel with iron yeah. that strengthened it and made it lighter. So mm-hmm. sometimes... Diluting it makes it stronger. Dude, it's so funny and obvious. He's basically like, oh, shit, you got some mithril? I bet you could do some stuff. You could make some ba- pretty badass shit. Maybe a ring if you're into that. It drove me nuts. I did not like how they – it reminded me of the movie Solo, uh, that infamous line that I reference a lot because it's yeah. kind of like the epitome um, of going too Solo? far with fan service. Yeah. And so they're dancing around the idea of saying the word ring. Mm-hmm. So I think something small might be the trick. Circular. Maybe like a, a crown necklace <laughs> or a crown. Like you think he's about to say <laughs> yeah. ring every time and, and then do that. They do that twice in this episode. But yeah, basically he's telling them to, to, to make a ring. Um, and, and, and Celebrimbor's like, hmm, good idea, mortal who is <laughs> 17,000 years younger than me. Like it's just a, it's a weird concept that he'd be so taken in by Halbrand. Yeah. But maybe there's like some magical things at work there. Like, Oh, the, absolutely. The deception part is like a, he is the deceiver. Yeah, man. And in like, and we see that later in the episode with the way the uh, confrontation goes down with Galadriel, where uh, he is forcing her to see things. Sure. And in some way, we we don't go into Celebrimbor's uh, mind, but he could have been experiencing something wildly different than what was on screen. Yeah. And then we cut to Numenor, and Farazan's talking about the impending death. Uh, of King Tar Palantir. Uh, and he's basically letting people audition to make his statue, including, or at least draw the picture t- to inspire the statue, uh, including one Aarian, who is the bro- the sister of Isildur and the daughter of Elindil. And uh, and then the, the king starts kind of, he pulls his best King Viserys impersonation mm-hmm. and doesn't recognize who's in the room with him. And starts whispering who, to whom he thinks is Queen Regent Muriel, his daughter. I know what you've been doing in the dark of night when you thought all eyes were asleep. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> What's been going on? And he's like, there's still time to warn you, young Muriel. And she tries to say, hey, I'm not Muriel. To, you know, you, you must restore the old ways of our people. Uh, or The we're gonna, island will fall. The island will fall. That's right. And I don't know what the old ways are. Being friends with the elves. That's um, that's what I assume. Like the, that, essentially, we have to band together, or else the evil's going to take over. Shooting on film, maybe, is what he's referring to. Mm-hmm. Using actual projectors and theaters. Yeah, the that's fair. Of our people. Gas cars, no electric. You know, this Dolby is a plague. <laughs> uh, and we cut back to uh, I think Gil Gallad, um, and that's when they're explaining the plan 
to Gilgala. I think it's Elrond and Celebrimbor trying to convince him to, you know, mix the mithril, spread it out, try to make it work. And he's like, nah, we got to leave. And this is where they do it the second time, I think, where they're like, uh, what, what, a scepter, a sword? A circular, uh, powerful object. Crown, yes. Yeah, a circular form is ideal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I like that explanation of why a circ, why a ring, right? But I, mm-hmm. not so much the teasing of the idea. Yeah. But uh, Gil Gallad hesitates. You know, he's like he, he shits on Galadriel because she speaks up, and he's like, "You shouldn't be here at all." Yeah, <laughs> I love that he straight up called her. I like, "Fuck you, doing here?" Like, you don't get to talk. We'll talk later. This yeah. is weird. You're um, in trouble. And then, then it slips out. Celebrimbor lets it slip that it came from Halbrand. And this is where Galadriel starts to get really suspicious. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, I honestly, I'm supposed to be the podcaster. You know, it's our job to explain why. But she seems really freaked out about the line, a power over flesh that Celebrimbor says. Um, I feel like that is something that got brought up uh, in like episode one or two, uh, that specific phrasing. And mm-hmm. it's just been a few weeks and we don't recall. Right. But- in a binge model, we'd have been like, oh. Yeah. That was just two hours ago. I recall. Right. Uh, and I, I liked it. And this is more of a second breakfast, but I just don't want to forget it. Um, but Celebrimbor, I think very much intentionally is giving strong Bilbo vibes when he first gives the ring to Frodo to finish his journey and finish his book, where he's starting to be taken over very Smeagol-esque. Because that's where I think there's some magic at play with Sauron, uh, some like really subtle kind of you know, ambiance magic because he's just like super into this idea of making these rings all of a sudden, right? Mm-hmm. He's furious with Gilgalad for that, the idea of stopping him and he's just a little too animated. It's very unlike him in my yeah, opinion. I think that that more than uh, specifically it being Halbrand is what was uh, setting off the spidey sense for Galadriel. I think that- Oh, the vibes he was putting yeah, off? because uh, Sauron is like a sorcerer who like has magical power and had- very seemingly like cast a spell over the dude because when she says where did you learn that phrase the power of the flesh she's like i don't know i, I was talking to some of my smiths I, you know what i think that was my idea you know it, it was uh he, he seemed befuddled in a way that uh didn't seem natural and that seemed to you know make her ears perk up a little it bit. was my idea i'm super smart <laughs> what if he just forgot where he was all of a sudden hello and they were like why are you saying hello <laughs> damn it man i was just chilling here that i'd say whatever you are getting way too old i know you're immortal but i think you about had it and so it's left to elrond to convince gil galad to let them try the plan and essentially uh, they're left alone and he says, Hey, just give me three months. I don't know why that amount of time, but he's like, Hey, I need three months, but the great tree is dropping leaves, practically bleeding leaves. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have even three months. And Gil Gallad thinks the same. Uh, but he's like, no, I, I just need three months. Let me try it. It's the tiniest bit of hope essentially. And then, uh, Gil Gallad says, I think it's a fool's errand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which it's interesting that that idiom existed Fool's in the errand. second age of this universe, yeah. yeah, it's fair. I mean, I guess fool jester. What what kind of thing do you? Dude, everybody had fools. Everybody had errands. I get it. Everybody had to you know go to the mm-hmm. grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> that Aaron or that fool, that Aaron, that fool needs his eggs too. <laughs> and uh, but he throws his own line back in his face because Elrond says, uh, "A hope is never mere." No matter how, no matter how meager, something like that. Is that the line? Something like that. I think yeah. I fucking nailed it. Uh, and then Gil Gallad's like, ah, I said that shit. <laughs> See what you did there? You turned it back on me. I made that up. Let's leave. Uh, <laughs> and so it works. So they, they are granted the opportunity to dilute the mithril and save the people. Um, 
we cut back to Halbrand. He's in there cranking in uh, in the workshop of Celebrimbor. And uh, just working away already. He's already been granted access to all of Celebrimbor's tools because he's a deceiver. And they're working together. They're buds now. And Galadriel's starting to be hella suspicious. So she goes to research the bloodlines of the Southlands. Like she sends some rando errand boy yeah. to the library. That's going to take <laughs> a long time, Galadriel. I don't really want to do that. And she's like, I knew I could trust you. <laughs> Did you get that vibe? Like, There's a shitload of scrolls there. Like she you didn't say, she was just like, don't tell anybody about it. Was her response <laughs> right. to that. And he's yes. like, oh, I guess I'm, I'm doing it then. Okay. All right. You sure? I was going to work on these crowns with everybody else. This sounds fun. And can I just say, Galadriel looks amazing in that that green dress dress with like the gold filigree and like the chains. Like that's an incredible costume. Mm -hmm. She is rocking the shit out of it going full. Now, usually Galadi's reserved for armor sword, right? Like, but in this moment, full Galadi in the dress. I love that. I wish I had that dress. I could wear it. I couldn't rock it. No, it's hard. She's showing the high towers how it's done. Yes. Oh, you oh, wear I green. Didn't even catch that vibe. She's not team green. She would oh, never. No. She would never. No. no. She would never team she, green. She's thrown in their faces. Yeah. No. Team greens don't use their turn signal when 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 turning. Oh God, they're no. that type. They like ride your ass and like think that that's okay. That's just like, oh, this is how you're supposed to drive. Yes. Team Greens leave the the verbal directions on on a GPS. They don't put away their shopping carts. <laughs> Team Greens don't put away their <laughs> shopping carts. They're the scum of the fucking earth. And Galati would never be a part of Team Green. But she looks incredible in that dress. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, and, and basically, Halbrand says he's enamored working with the Elven Smiths of Region. And he thanks uh, Galadriel for saving his life. And she's like, oh, you saved mine first, bro. She's still keeping it up. She's sus. Mm-hmm. But she's still like, maybe he's cool. I want to think he's cool. He's super cute. We've had fun adventures together. And, of course, the alternative is dire. Uh, for my mental health. Well, and then he had to be all fucking like sus with the way he talks. He's like, you know, you saved my life. You believed in me. I'll never forget that. And I'll make sure nobody else forgets it either. Yeah. And he does the hand touch. Mm-hmm. That's not a good move, man. Yeah, There's like no reason to touch you. on the head. There's no reason to be touchy <laughs> right now. Uh, and we cut to uh, the three servants of Sauron and the stranger. And this is the first time that I found out. We've had captions on the entire time. That they're called the ascetic, the nomad, and the dweller. Mm-hmm. Was this a revelation to you as well? Uh, it was. Well, I, I, uh, I knew that one was. I thought the one was called the stranger when I was typing at first. I said, like, "Well, that can't be right." But uh, Amazon Prime has this really cool feature where, when you pause it, it will bring up uh, the actors that are in the scene that you're watching, yes, as well as the character that we're playing. And so that was how we discovered these names. What, well, what they were I, in the what, captions, but oh, that's how we that found out. Well? Yeah, oh, okay, that's how we found out uh, which one was which, but. I'm just, I'm convinced that they, maybe they've never had any lines before. No, they did. When they attacked uh, the Harfoots, the, the dweller spoke a little bit. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Doesn't matter. Anyway, we found out. We know that's what they're called now. And they're basically trying to get him to remember that he's Sauron, get him to remember how to use his powers. Um, The more the veil will weaken, meaning the veil is like the, the, the fog on his memory um, from whatever happened. Right. And uh, they say that the constellation that the stranger's been searching for is called the Hermit's Hat. That's the name of it. And that is in the land of Rune, where he will remember who where he is and how to you know be his fucking badass self. And it's far to the east where the stars are strains, mm-hmm. right? And that's so their job is to bring him to his lands. 
Um, and people are going to love you. You're going to be so strong. Mm -hmm. You're going to make a bunch of rings. We got a cool little, uh, new volcano spot for you. We'll talk about that later. Lots of chicks are going to play with your PP. It's going to be dope. It's going to be awesome. He's basically just standing there going, Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Well, he's like experiencing this massive surge of this power. He doesn't know how to control. It might be painful. We don't know. Maybe he's into that. We don't know. And they say, Oh, he can't control it yet. Bind him. He might be into that too. Well, he go. He basically like blows his wizard loading. He goes and like falls over and like kind of passes out. And they're all like, "Shit!" Yeah, there's like a giant tornado. They're like, "He's not there yet." This is going to take more time. Uh, meanwhile, the Harfoots, excellent masters of disguise. They're like uh, Peta in the Hunger Games back there. That's their ability. Except for instead Just of baking, that's what they're eyes super good at. In the mud. Yeah, they pop out of the bushes. They're watching, and they see that one. Right before this cuts to the Harfoots, though, we see uh, one of the three servants of Sauron looks very suspicious. They senses their presence. And so they notice that one of the three is gone. Where is he? Doesn't matter where they are. I'm like, it's super important. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, there's only two of them. Let's make our move. Ironic because one of them is more than 40 Harfoots could yeah. take on. It's also been like 15 seconds. Like they're right there. Yeah. yeah. The other one's just like slightly <laughs> off. Like I can hear everything you just said. Like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, that guy. Uh, but anyway, they decide to make their move and go rescue the stranger. Uh, and uh, they use like an owl noise horn. Was that an owl? Oh yeah. It sounded like ooh. it. Who do you? But it's just like a little horn they blow in. So they're cool. They're like little masters of the forest making noises and disguises and stuff. I thought that was neat. They're doing that sweet thing where you like cup your hands and blow into it to make a whistle sound. I used to be able to do it in like middle school, but I can't do it anymore. But it was an actual like thing they crafted that Marigold blew into, right? Uh, was it? I, I thought. Think, I didn't think we saw it, but maybe she used her hands. I don't know. You can also do this thing with like grass where you hold it and blow it and whistle and stuff. Maybe they're doing that. I remember you doing the grass thing in elementary school. It's a really high pitch whistle. Uh, and Sadok goes down because immediately we find out that the the stranger that's bound to the trees is actually the disguised dweller, one of the servants of Sauron, using their their cloaking ability. And the actual stranger is like passed out in the bushes because Marigold finds him. It's She's so like, confusing oh. with these names: the stranger, the dweller. I, yeah, <laughs> the I asshole. Wish I could call him Gandalf. Um, and yeah, so Sadok tries to save Nori from just a, a grabbing hand of the dweller. And then he gets like a throwing knife shot in his chest. Yeah, like, I was like, ah! straight up Dobby style. Dude. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's no good. He goes down and then the stranger comes to the rescue. Thank God he woke up. He starts using magic on him. Another little like tornado thing. Um, and a fight ensues back and forth, back and forth. Um, I like this. And again, this is another second breakfast, but it's like very much intentional that this is very reminiscent of the fight between Gandalf and Sauron, mm -hmm. right? This yeah. is a lot of kind of nebulous thrusting Point, of air and power. And yeah. Um, so I like that a lot, but we get what I think Andy was referencing earlier, a very cool shot when the stranger turns back in, or I'm sorry, when the uh, dweller turns back into itself, right? Is that what you were talking about at the opening of the episode? The oh, super cool shot. When he, uh, he like throws off the illusion. I think it's a of, woman, but it might be, or she, they, it might be no gender. Yeah. They throw off the illusion of, uh, the stranger and it like dissipates into leaves. It's yeah. so badass, but no, that was not the shot really? I was talking about. Cause that you was, exclaimed in the moment. That was an incredible shot. It was awesome. But the other one was like, it gave me goosebumps. Okay. Um, Can't wait for that. Uh, but yeah, dissipates into leaves, turns back into itself. And then a big, 
a lot of quick cuts. A fight ensues. Um, Sadok ends up being kind of okay and stabs one of them in the foot, uh, in the Harfoot, you could say. Uh, the Harfoots are in trees, throwing rocks, trying to help the stranger regain, you know, composure. Um, and then the, I think it's the Dweller. Definitely does the Dweller picks up the, the fire tricks. That's the one that keeps blowing stuff at people. The fire trick's super cool. I love that. Like they they, they just grab fire in each hand oh, and start like bad blowing ass. kisses of fire at yeah, everybody. This is the real Lord of Kisses, Steve, right here. Yeah. Steve's gonna be really upset when he hears that. I am the Lord of Kisses. That's how Steve talks. Hello, guys. I'm Steve. I'm a real boy, and I'm Steve. I guess I'm gonna edit this episode. Huh? <laughs> I don't know why I see Mickey Mouse. It just <laughs> devolved quickly went. into Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh, I'm Steve. Now fuck with the mouse. Where's my two dogs? They're wiener dogs. Um, <laughs> there's like 300 of the listeners and Steve that know what I'm talking about. That, that's all that matters, baby. Yeah. So they start blowing fire, everybody everywhere. And then this was frustrating for me, but I, I know it needed like an emotional beat, but like there had to be maybe six seconds of time where, where the dweller, I don't know where the other two are, but the dweller is attacking Mary Golden Poppy. And, uh, and Nori runs up to the stranger and she's like, here, I don't know how, but I got that fucking staff that seems to augment their power. You should have this yeah. being as you know, magic. I don't. And he's like, no, get away from me. I'm a bad man. A bad boy. <laughs> she's like, whoa, I need you to fucking get in it, bro. We'll talk about this later. Uh, but she's like, no, you choose what you are by what you do. And I love that moment. There's a lot of themes in this show that I do like about even with Sauron, like, getting over your past. And it's like, what, what are you going to do now? That's what's important. Yeah. You know, you're not the peril. I gave you an apple. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't give an asshole an apple. Ironically, eating an apple makes you look like an asshole. Hardcore, but carrying it around. Different. Pretty dope. Different story. Honestly, um, makes you seem like you're wanted. You're on an adventure. Venori says you're here to help. I know it. Uh, and then we probably shouldn't still be talking. Honestly, like, <laughs> yeah. She, her, I mean, her hands are flamethrowers. Do you see what's happening it's around? Us? Like you're here to help. I know it. And then you just hear because ah! they're burning. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I need you to help put them out and bury them. I guess. Um, and then Gandalf, I think, right? Obvious, stands up. Uh, and says, from the shadow you came to shadow, I bid you return. Doing his best Ian McKellen impersonation. Steve would have done it better. Uh, <laughs> says, uh, also, at some point, he started speaking. So that, that's a thing now. Yeah, the veil is lifting. He yeah. remembers English mm -hmm. now. That's great. Or the common tongue. He, he understands like complex syntax now. Yeah, he starts to conjugate and shit. <laughs> I bid you return from henceforth forth you came. Like, <laughs> oh, oh shit. She okay. gives him the staff. He just starts eating it <laughs> damn it thought you had a little more wits about you actually i've always had a rather extensive vocabulary <laughs> i was just fucking with you guys i'm gandalf uh and he just That's a little rascal's joke yeah <laughs> completely eviscerates the three servants of sauron they turn into like i don't know spiritual butterflies and skeletons and kind of float away it's the opposite of yeah. manifesting earlier from the illusion it was like good life magic yeah butterflies are nice he's like i'm good they're like oh shit he's not who we thought he was he's the other one and she he's like i'm good and kills him and there was a really <laughs> i saw this he's earlier Sarn, he's istar he's an istar yeah that's a class classification of being um i just thought it was funny uh, cause I saw this out of context on Twitter today. It was, uh, Dave Chen, one of the hosts of the film cast. He posted that screen grab of when the stranger says that, 
uh, with the caption there. And his tweet was uh, me when I'm watching a, a football game and somebody comes in and asks me if I want a beer. And it's just the stranger going, I'm good. <laughs> and I didn't get, the, you know, I hadn't seen the episode yet. But when I, that's why when he said that, I died laughing. I don't know if you were wondering why, but I was like, that is funny, actually. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Cause it's like, if you just read the caption, it's just yeah. him going, I'm good. Yeah. Um, anyway, we cut back to Sadok. He's sitting there bleeding out. Uh, and he, I'm about to go a wandering off trail. Yeah. That was, um, I love the way that was phrased. Like I, I said, such good writing here. And it was payoff for, uh, some really fantastic, um, you know, setup like the, nobody goes off trail, nobody left behind. And then all of a sudden it's the, I'm about to be left behind. I'm going to be the one that wanders off trail. Yeah. I thought, uh, throughout Lenny Henry, uh, Lenny Henry, who plays Sadok was, was great. And this was a great send off for him. He said, if you don't mind, I'd like to sit for a while and watch the sun come up. I'd really like it if you guys all stopped talking. The, uh, the second the, the second he said that the sun shot out of the sky like a fuck into the sky like a fucking rocket yeah it was just like somebody like the lighting tech the gaffer or whatever just like flipped a switch and it's like okay sunlight on his face and he's like oh it's sunny now and he started he didn't even watch it he started closing yeah, his eyes yeah. he started dying immediately but leans it, over on dead on top of the people next it, to him. i wanted him to just fall off that rock right at that moment <laughs> so bad uh, and then they like the weekend at Bernie's him and sit him back up. <laughs> I don't know what their traditions are, uh, but that was a great moment. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. The past couple years have been a struggle for many of us. When you're struggling like that, it can be easy to focus on all your problems rather than the ways you can solve them. If this sounds familiar to you, maybe a therapist can change your way of thinking to become a better problem solver. Many of you know that my wife and I recently separated and I've been silently struggling through that for a while. I wanted some help dealing with the problems that situation brought, so I gave BetterHelp a try. It was honestly such an easy experience. I answered a brief questionnaire, said what I was looking for in a therapist, and before I knew it, I was paired up with a therapist of my choosing. Together, we are making goals to help get the tools I need to become a better problem solver. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, I highly recommend BetterHelp. It's easy, accessible, and most of all, affordable. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash streaming things. And we cut back to the fucking boat again. Uh, they're heading back to Numenor. Um, Alindio wanders down and Muriel's down there counting steps uh, in the boat trying to navigate life as a blind woman now. And mm -hmm. I love this about her character. Like that she's so strong and resilient. She doesn't give up. Don't patronize me. You know, when he's like, Hey, you're doing mm -hmm. a good job counting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just like that. She's down there steadfast working on how to adapt instead of, uh, being filled with self-pity, sure. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Even with a massive setback such as that. Uh, and he says, I've got you and walks back to kind of offer to have her start again and start counting again. And she strong woman that she is says, and who has you right? Like mm -hmm. essentially offers him bereavement leave as captain of one of her ships. Like, Hey, you just mm -hmm. lost your son. Don't worry about me being blind. We need to, you yeah. need time, you know, uh, which I thought was a, a powerful moment. Uh, and you know, he gets really guilty. He goes on this monologue and it's a callback to one of the first episodes where we got to see Elendil and where she brought up the definition of his name, uh, which is also elf friend. 
right? Mm-hmm. So that, you know, you asked why I pulled Galadriel out of the boat. It's just, he wanted to honor his ancestors, you know, as soon as he saw an elf, he was like, oh shit, I'm the elf friend, it's mm-hmm. time. And he feels guilty about that because of what it's brought to his people. Uh, and she says, the way of the faithful is committing to pay the price, even if the cost is not known. And so they kind of- And trusting it will be worth it. Right. And so they kind of both recommit to whatever cause that is. Uh, and that was the words of Tar Palantir. That was because she says that came from her father. Uh, and then they arrive at Numenor. <laughs> Another frustrating, I'm not, we're not being ableist here, but the way that they- frame these oh scenes my god and it went on for so long it never they walk, stopped they walk to out this day the, we don't know if he said anything they walk she out can't the deck. see he sees the black flags uh, black masts being flied meaning flown. the king's dead the king has died and she's like what is it because she can just hear him and go oh fuck he doesn't say anything he looks at her and then she says what do you see and then he looks back at the black masks and she's like what's going on <laughs> and then it cuts i'm just like somebody fucking tell her it's not fair i understand like there is there is some pathos in the scene some there's some emotion yeah that's your like, father's dead yeah how, how he doesn't do know what that? he doesn't know what to say right yeah but it's also frustrating because she lit, quite literally can't see and so it's like she just needs the info somebody else yeah. a little more emotionally removed needs to hang out with her <laughs> to be her eyes because this guy keeps leaving her hanging <laughs> real. um you said you had me like five minutes ago. Like they ordered food. Hers came back super burnt and he's like, shit. And she's like, what? And he's just staring at her plate. Like she needs to know so she can make a decision. Um, we cut back to, uh, an explosion in Celebrimbor's like workshop. Um, which is the way it was framed. I thought that this was, um, uh, Isildur's sister, uh, Aarian, um, up in the Palantir. Kind of, yeah. Because there was a scene with, yeah. I I, I'm, I think we passed over that a little bit. That, you know, when uh, she's uh, talking to the king and the king's mistaken her for, he's pulling a Viserys and mistaken her for the queen. He uh, pulls like a lever and a side door opens. And he says that I'm having trouble like uh, being able to tell what's what's real and what's not because of this thing. And she goes oh, yeah. up the stairs and sees what is very obviously one of the lost she, seeing stones. Yeah, she found um, one of the Palantirs. But then we, when we cut to the explosion, I'm like, oh, fuck, it killed her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But nope, it's just Kelly Brimbor walking around with those buddies and they're tinkering on things. Uh, and it's kind of comical, like the, you know, it's like a, the mad yeah. scientist kind of, mm-hmm. uh, what's the word, cliche. Um, but he's like, the mithril is proud. And, you know, we keep trying to bond it with things, but it's not having it. Get away. Get these shitty metals away from me. That's yeah. what the mithril is saying. Ew. So Galadriel comes in, she's trying to stop them because now she's really nervous about Halbrand being the, you know, the the arbiter of all of this. Mm -hmm. She doesn't trust him anymore. And so she's trying to diplomatically, you know, maybe you're pushing yourselves too hard or maybe you're working too much. You should take a break for the rest of the day. She wants to delay whatever this is. And uh, Keller Brimbor is like, yeah, maybe we are pushing ourselves too hard. And then, and then Halbrand comes out pushing ourselves too hard. Ah, we're pushing the metals too hard. We should, we should seduce them, not push them. <laughs> Coax them, that's the word he uses. Talk sexy to the metal. Come on. What a genius idea. And then they, I just had just now. Yeah, Calibrimbo was like, yeah, I had that thought. <laughs> And Hello. then the researcher at that moment, yeah, he goes up to the metal. <laughs> Hello, metal. Uh, the researcher calls for Galadriel. He's found some evidence. 
And then she stands at the river, uh, you know, contemplating what she's just read. And we can already surmise that it's not good. She's read evidence. He shows that, up like, lady, I thought this was perfect dramatic timing. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, Halbrand comes running up and that's, is that the conversation where they, where we get the, the yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. He comes up. Uh, that, oh, he first says, he says, hey, we figured it out, but we're making two. Yeah. We'll need not, two rings. Not crowns, but still circles. Yeah. A little smaller than crowns. <laughs> it needs Definitely to be something. Still a circle. <laughs> it needs to be something smaller. I don't know. Like maybe an anklet. Yeah. <laughs> there's still no ring maybe a bracelet but i think that's still too big uh maybe like chain mail we could make no <laughs> they're really dragging that out um and she's like you're no king of the southlands he died over a thousand years ago and didn't have an heir uh and he's that he just throws off the the cloak immediately mm-hmm. i've had many names i told you i found this crest on a dead man which I don't remember him telling her that. He I'm did gonna, say I'm that. Take him at his word. There. No, he did say that. He tried to tell her. She mm-hmm. just wasn't having it. And he's right. Like, you know, she's like, hey, you wanted to go to Middle Earth. He's like, no, you did. I wanted to hang out in Numenor. He said, I've been awake since before the breaking of the first silence. Mm-hmm. Damn. That, that, that's a line. That was a cool monologue. And so uh, immediately throws her into her own mind. And he's there. He poses as her brother, Finrod. Finrod's back. MVP. Tries- as Finrod, he says about himself, Sauron was cool, man. <laughs> he was just misunderstood. He just wanted peace. Like me, he States wanted right. peace. Yeah. And she's not falling for it, though. She's not to be deceived. My brother is dead because of you. And then he goes back to the boat. Oh, but it throws in that line again where uh, he, when Gladstream talked to him, yeah, the stream, and he says, touch the darkness again. Yeah. It's like, mm, so he's real. Damn this so wood. He, Meaning he really is able to read her memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes yeah, back to the first time happened. they met on the little raft uh, and they talk, you know, you deceived me and quote unquote, I put that in quotes cause it was like, Oh, nice touch there. It's really a second breakfast. Um, and then the really neat moment where he shows her the image of their possible future in the water. Um, and you see like the OG Sauron helmet and then Galadriel by his side. And he says, no, you hold me to the light with you as my, woman holding me down and i, I think i'll be a really power. good king yeah i'll give you power you keep me from murdering billions of people because mm-hmm. i tend to do that but i think you'll stop me uh you can fix me is you basically can, what he's saying me. i'm a real bad boy <laughs> i can be a real good man and i had me wondering no it wouldn't have been good because she'd be terrible as the storm but <laughs> maybe together would have been like a decent you know tyranny mm-hmm. yeah. for middle earth who knows We'll never know because she turns him down. Like the first year of Hitler, you know, where things are pretty good. He, well, Economy's doing well. He, well, it would be terrible. You're right. So he throws her into the ocean. Uh, well, kind of like it goes back to that part of her memory where he saved her life. But she's like, it does this cool like, and then uh, they start screaming. Oh, well, oh, I'm sorry. That's when he shows her the reflection. And then they start screaming at each other. It's like, hey, yeah. Hey. He's like spittle and, flying. And all of a sudden she shot down underwater again where she had been when he saved her. Yeah. But in actuality, she's drowning in the stream mm. and like a foot of water. And Elrond, imagine Elrond's perspective. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? She's just all gargling a little bit of water that's almost up to her nose. Um, but Elrond pulls her out and, and saves her, I guess. I don't know if she would have drowned or not, but there was a lot of drowning talk in that uh, argument with them as well. Um and he says, uh, he'll almost be finished by now. 
And uh, she's like, no one's allowed to hang out with Halbrand anymore. <laughs> and he's like, why? And she's like, you just got to trust me. That's what you said you would do. He's a real bad guy. She didn't even say that. She's yeah. like, you told me earlier that you, you know, you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Not trusting me. So I'm pulling that card already. And uh, they go back in and she says, we must make three. You know, one is too much power. One will corrupt, two will divide. Three there we keeps go. balance. One will corrupt, two will divide, three. And I think Keller Brimbor is like three keeps. He's always got the hops in like, that's a great idea I just had. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm, I'm starting to think Keller Brimbor is not a legendary smith. He's yeah. just had really smart people around him for millennia. Yeah, Thomas Edison for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's the Thomas Edison. Um, and he's like, but we're going to need gold and silver of exquisite quality. The kind that comes from Valinor. The kind that they use to make the weapons of Valinor. The kind that your brother used to carry. Does anybody here have any weapons from Valinor? Maybe like Finrod's dagger? Oh, <laughs> there's one. What's that you got? And we can't do this without sacrifice. And uh, so they're going to have to melt down her brother's dagger. And I just want to say again, another second breakfast, but it might sound weird talking about it later. Uh, again, I really think this was an intentional callback to the original film trilogy where Galadriel goes on that monologue as, you know, Kate Blanchett about what would happen if she took the ring of power because Frodo mm-hmm. offers it to her. He's so smitten with her. And she goes on that, you know, that temptation monologue of terrible is the storm. Mm-hmm. I really think oh, that vibe was intentionally. Yes. Cause he said he uses that language mm-hmm. when he's you know tempting her with being his, his wife. Like you, I would make you, you'd be terrible as the storm, you know, mm-hmm. like all would love you in despair. Not dark, but beautiful. Exactly. Um, and I thought that was, again, was, as somebody who loves those movies so much, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we cut back to the stranger. He says that he must go to Rune and uh, remember the rest of who he is. And she asks what an Istar is. He says, in your tongue, it means wise one or wizard. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. So we don't know for sure. I would say it's 99% though, which of the Istar he is. Yeah. But with all we the other. For sure yet here. But correct. it's a thousand percent by the end. After the line. Mm-hmm. The line. We, the line, baby. Uh, and I like this moment so much uh, where she's talking about, you know, all their time hanging out. Uh, and he says alone, because again, he's very articulate now. Mm-hmm. Alone, it's just a journey. Uh, adventures must be shared. And mm-hmm. I like, I, this is kind of the, the lines that you're talking about. Bangers, man. That's Left fucking and right. That's a great line. That's a tattoo. Yep. As you said, um, they are knocking them out of the park. <laughs> and Malva's not a good trail finder. She's reading the map upside down. <laughs> it's just going to be easy breezy from here. Nope. Now you got it upside down. It's actually going to be all the way uphill and terrible. <laughs> uh, so Poppy's a good trail finder. So maybe she'll take the place that Sadok has left, you know, the void that, Fill the void that Sadok has left. They all miss Sadok. Why don't you be the trail finder? Poppy like turns to the camera and says, wait for season two. I will be. And uh, they all miss Sadok, but they still got his book, his little trail book. And they pat it and go on. Uh, And long story short, her family, this is an arc, wants Nori to go with the stranger. Yeah, they made her a little backpack. You're on to bigger and better things. I know we literally just said no one should go off trail and no one should go alone. We think you should do that, though. You're different. You should rattle your dags with him. (laughs) You should go hang out with the bees. (laughs) Yeah, they want rid of her. She's eating too much of the food. Um, And thank God he can talk because he's such an interesting character now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My God. And this is when he says the line that ensures 100% that he is Gandalf Andy. 
wait, hang on. We're not there yet because we, uh, there's something that I want to talk about first, which is the goodbyes. With I was going to swing back to Poppy, oh, okay. Poppy's tearful goodbye. All right then. Well, after the goodbyes, uh, when Nori goes up to uh, the stranger, she said, she says, I don't know if I can look back. He's like, they're all waving at you. She's like, well, my feet feel like lead and I don't know what to do. And I don't Iron. know which way to go. And he turns and he sniffs and he goes, ah, it's that way. <laughs> and then he says, she says, are you sure? And he's like, not really. <laughs> when in doubt, Eleanor Brandyfoot, always follow your nose. And it's definitely Gandalf. Because that's the line that's that the Gandalf line. has in Moria. Yeah. After he sits and smokes old Toby for about four hours, trying to remember which way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was an incredible moment. And I know we just did our like rewatch of the Lord of the Rings extended editions. And we waxed on about that moment a lot yeah. at the time, but a super cool callback to something they actually have the rights to in this show. Chills about it again. Uh, it's so as good. chilly it's as the minds so of Moria themselves. Good, but yes, I did skip over. There's a moment where Poppy kind of gives uh, Nori a quick goodbye. Like, ah, oh, peace out then. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get the vibe that she was like, going to get too emotional if she gave a real one. I was just mm-hmm. kind of like, what the fuck? Uh, but then Poppy comes rushing back in and gives her like this extremely sad, tearful goodbye. Or the, uh, the actor that plays Poppy, I hadn't known her name before. I was looking it up. Uh, it's Megan Richards. Uh, she does an incredible job in this scene. Like, I don't, I don't think they'd given Poppy enough to do up to this point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I should have given her way more lines. This is awesome. She's just been like the smart, wisecracking sidekick up to this point. Or like nervous Nelly that, mm-hmm. you know, hey, don't be, Nori, don't be doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be Harfooting over oh, fine. here. I'm going to come along, but I'm going to do it begrudgingly. Yeah. Um, I just thought, I thought the scene was incredible. Didn't yeah. you? Oh yeah. Uh, exceptional. And especially when she's saying goodbye to her parents and uh, her dad says like, what a father I am. I didn't teach you nothing. And now I'm sending you away. And she lists off the advice that he gave her. Oh, Nori. Yeah. But Megan, I'm talking about Poppy specifically. Oh, I thought you were just talking about about the scene in general. Yeah. Uh, Um, But yeah, well, um, real quick there, it was just like, okay, bye then hugs her and kind of bails off like to go hide her crying or whatever. And Nori's like, Oh fuck, that's it. All right, then bye. And then, uh, uh, Poppy catches up with her again and like hugs her real hard and like, you got to swear that you're going to come back. Why do all the people that I love are the ones that okay. leave? Yeah, because remember, her whole fam- her whole family's dead. Mm-hmm. They're off trail. Yeah. Um, and so this is with the bees. This is emotional for Poppy. You know, that's her that's her best friend, her last friend, really. And mm-hmm. uh, but she's moving on in her life. She's probably going to be the trail finder. She's getting a promotion as well. Um, I, I did. I do better benefits. Spoiler alert! It's probably going to hop pop up in my old Toby's. Uh, the moment with Nori's goodbyes, right? And so, mm-hmm. and yes. The, the moment with her, her father and her family, that was amazing. Cause I have daddy issues. So that kind of shit hits me hard. True. Um, but we cut back to, Oh, that's why we were skipping it. <laughs> All right. Well, not always. I, I breeze mm-hmm. over things I plan on talking about later, sure. but it works differently with, with a threesome here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, but anyway, the, we cut to the dagger. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the dagger melting or smelting. Is that the, they're the, smelting the shit out of that. So they're melting it to smelt it. Yes. And he who smelt it dealt, dealt it. Indeed. <laughs> I had a funny in this thought. Case Finrod, I when suppose. We're, when we're watching this, because uh, they're melting this priceless. Not only is the metal itself priceless, the craftsmanship, the craftsmanship is priceless because it comes from Valinor. That crafty shit that is priceless. That crafty shit. Because <laughs> it comes from Valinor, but it's also like emotionally priceless because it's her dead brother's dagger. And they're melting it. And like, they don't know if it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> so I had this. 
<laughs> I had this hilarious thought that they well, it's a good idea. <laughs> Sorry, I can refashion a dagger. Mm-hmm. It's just like this like Play-Doh looking version. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, I think we're not going to be able to do it. We should all just go to Valinor. Yeah. <laughs> Kella Brimbor has this like Smeagol-esque malevolent <laughs> three months. Precious She's all smile on the boat with this shittiest. <laughs> oh, because they hold their daggers as they leave. Yeah, she just ends up going there anyway. That was terrible. Uh, and this is where we get the fucking rings. Um, Elrond's running around. He seems quite suspicious now. He finds the scroll because he's a detective guy. He, he picked up on her vibes, even though he did trust her. He finds the lineage scroll and reads the evidence himself, runs back up, and they're putting the stones of Feanor into the rings. Um, and yeah, he watches it all go down, keeps the scroll to his side. It lingers there as if to say, okay, we're both agreeing that the good of the elves staying on Middle Earth is above the fact that do you think he knows he's Sauron? Because all he knows for sure is that he's not who he says he I is. I think he's catching on because he knows Galadriel well enough to know that like her one and only obsession in life is finding sure. and Sauron, and she's like freaking out. Like it's not like had a bad date and I don't want to talk to this guy no more. It's like oh shit, something's going on. The the uh, what'd you call them? The the stones of Feanor. They kind yes. of. Because they rushed over those, but Halbrand was like, "What are those? Those are dope." And and Kelbinbor right. was like, "Yeah, they're super important." Anyway, and moved on. And I was like, "Wait, hold up." Well, that was a thing they had talked about in a previous episode, and we can get more into it in Second Breakfast uh, as far as like the lore of what those stones are. Uh, but they caught attention to them for sure in this episode. Um, and then we get the rings, and the last scene of this episode is just Sauron walking toward Mount Doom. But I wanted to ask you, you know, what did you think? I mean, the huge linchpin of whether or not you bought this entire series really is what you feel about Galadriel's decision, because this is huge. Like mm-hmm. how we're seeing the rings actually get forged is, is it kind of was a, cause we, you know, the elves were gifted three rings, right. Is the way mm-hmm. we were taught. Um, but in actuality, the, these elves are forging the rings themselves. I like the idea that they needed a reason so convincing, like they were so desperate, right? Like that, that seems like human nature or elf nature, if you will, to be an interesting plot point, right? That they, they wanted to, it was for their survival that they went against their, their better judgment. Yeah, no, absolutely. To make this power. They thought they were having, they were putting in safeguards. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what did you think about Galadriel? Like being obsessed for thousands of years with finding this guy, she finds him. Like was her, was her reaction what you thought it would be? Did it was it believable that she'd kind of wake up in the stream and let that shit go and not just scream, Sarah? You know what I mean? Uh, Where the fuck did he go? Because to me, I'm I'm on the fence, even though I really do like this idea of them being so desperate and mm. doing this to themselves. So I, uh, I I do understand it, and I feel like it happened a little quickly. But uh, breaking down how I think it went down in her head, at least, was like, oh shit, that's him. Tried to stab him. He just like stopped her like it was nothing and then like did all kinds of magic shit to her brain and then like made her question who she is and who she's ever going to be. And then she almost drowned and then she woke up and she's like, oh, fuck, I am out of my league by a hot minute. And then uh, realized that the plan was going through. Elrond shows up 
and which reminds her that the plan is still going through what Halbrand wanted to happen. And then she runs and then she does what she can to balance out what she thinks is the ill intent that Halbrand was doing. Sure. Halbrand's thinking, we're going to do two, make two of them, one for the elves, one for me. She's going to be like, nah, I want one of them too. And that's why I think that it, it turned into three. Yeah. I want one of those as well. And there, yeah, maybe a part of it is she wants the power, the to, power be to, to be able to him. fight him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. She's way out of his league. So, he, so she's like, I want one of them. And, but he's <laughs> so out of her that. league that he tempted her into thinking that too. Right. So, Oh, absolutely. I wanted yeah. you to want that power. <laughs> I want you to want me. I wanted you to make three mm. jokes on you. I said two, knowing you would add one to spite me next time. Let's do seven. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe nine. Is that going to be season two? Just oh. like the making of the next seven. I probably because yeah. we got a lot of Duran and uh, his father resentment built up and all those plot lines for for what happens later with the dwarves. hundred percent. That's what's going to happen. I hope they go ahead and go ahead. I hope they go ahead and do the nine for the men as well, yeah. but probably not because we don't ha- we don't know enough men yet. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. It's the, the next season's going to be the dwarf rings and introduce a couple men. Season three. Yeah. will be the, the, nine, the nine rings, rings. and then. Cap it off with the one to rule them all. Mm-hmm. Four seasons. All wow. Right. We called it. Maybe they'll recast Hugo Weaving at that point and just do the war that we see. That would be dope. I would. It's not going to happen. I would like that. Uh, but they yeah, like, money. like I said before, Sauron was walking toward Mount Doom, looking all happy with himself. Mm-hmm. Last we see him. And then we <laughs> then when the credits roll and we get what I was into at first, it was kind of like a. What, what are those called? Uh, like this dirge, a dirge. I think so. Yeah. Like the Viking kind of songs. Mm-hmm. Like, no, there's a word for it. Cause they got really popular online. It was a meme Sh- thing. Shan- shanty. Yeah. See, it was kind of like a sea shanty kind of thing. Uh, I was really into for about 10 seconds and that I, I feel like it went off the rails. <laughs> Um, what did you think of the, the song? The three for the elves. <laughs> yeah. Nine for the men. It's like a Christmas song. Yeah. And one <laughs> golden <laughs> ring. Three uh, total them. No, I liked it. I, I feel like that's an existing song that I've heard somewhere else. It might be from like the Lord of the Rings cartoon or something. It's uh, no toss a coin to your Witcher. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah. That's a banger. Ovelia plenty. That's a banger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the finale of Rings of Power. And then it pops one. up and said, Mordor <laughs> will return. <laughs> and then there was a stinger. Right. That Ooh, was cool. there a stinger? No. Uh, okay. Our second breakfast. Um, Andy, what you got, buddy? Okay. Um, first, I'll say uh, Nori, when she's talking to the stranger uh, about uh, heading to Rune, she says, it sounds like an adventure. And that gave me an immediate uh, throwback to um, Frodo. Bilbo in The Hobbit. Bilbo. He says, I'm going on an adventure when he's running out of the Shire. Um, let's see. What else do I have? Uh, when the Mithril was dropped into the um, dagger metal, it straight up turned into Sauron's eye and then started spinning. Oh, nice. It's like red molten. I didn't even and catch that shape. It dropped in. And yeah. Straight up the Sauron eye. Am I just going through all mine? Um Yeah. When Nori uh, is talking to Gandalf and Gandalf says, all right, well, let's go. You take the lead. She says she doesn't have an inkling of which way to go, which was straight up Frodo saying, Mordor Gandalf, is it left or right? Though I do not know the way. And he says, left. And then that's I when. I smell it. That's when disc one ends on the uh, DVD or the VHS from back in the day. 
Just FYI for you uh, old folk. How's your back? Mine hurts too. Um, let's see here. When uh, Halbran and Sauron uh, are standing in, on their uh, little raft and Halbran slash Sauron shows Galadriel the uh, mirror image of them, uh, I get, get, got vibes of uh, Galadriel's mirror. And she does the same thing to Frodo. And she says, will you look into the mirror? He says, what will I see? What will I see? Things that were, things that are, and some things that have not yet come to pass. That's such a good scene. Um, yep, that's straight up what he did to her. She learned that from him. I learned it from uh, you, Dad. You are like Papa. Uh, let's see. In that same scene, we already said it, but uh, her fra- the phrasing that he says about her and what she will be was uh, very reminiscent of the, I will be not dark but beautiful. Yada, yeah. Yada. Uh, let's see here. And then the, uh, the dweller and the, the beautiful uh, Lord Galadriel, the aesthetic and the douchebag, whatever their names are. Uh, they straight up turned into, uh, when the dweller, the nomad and the aesthetic it was nomad. Was that the other I think one? nomad? Um, the dingleberry, uh, when Gandalf did his magic at them, uh, they, their form warped into something that was wildly reminiscent of the ring rays as we see them when Frodo is wearing the ring. True. When he's on Weathertop. Yeah, like the original the original King Skeletons. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got. I just got a bunch of deep nerd stuff. Um, so the reason they named Aaron Gallen, uh, the, the area where the stranger's wandering around hiking and stumbling and stuff, um, it was called Aaron Lasgallen um, the, when I checked, but the wood of green leaves is what that means. Uh, and it was the new name chosen by Celeborn and Thranduil um, for the forest that had been known in the Third Age as Mirkwood. Oh, shit. So where he's wandering around is is Mirkwood. And that's why they named it, because it's just, like, neat to know. Um, and I just wanted to reiterate some, like, deep lore stuff for, like, the existence of things. Because at one point, when, when he's doing the reveal, Halbrand is revealing himself as Sauron. He says, you know, I've been here since before the silence, right? Or since the silence. Um, so what that's referencing is he is a, a Maiar, uh, which, you know, like, so is Gandalf, right? And so are the Belrogs, at least for sure. Like these are creatures that are so ancient and old and powerful. They're right below Valar and Valar are literally gods, like, you know, have always been and always will be kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so right below them is what Sauron is. Uh, and he, at the time his name was Mylon. So a little history of Sauron. The silence was before the universe existed. Mm-hmm. That's what he meant. And they call it the the music of Anor. We call it the singularity. Exactly. So the Big Bang is the music of Anor before, you know, which happened after the silence. So he's been around since before the universe existed. Mm-hmm. So he's had many names. The music of who? Anor. Oh, okay. A-I-N-U-R. Okay. Not anal. I, well, I, I was just thinking that'd be a dope song name. The music of Anor. Mm-hmm. It's be like, smoke on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> we should start a band called... Aner, and then <laughs> our first album we called the music. Yeah, I like it. Anyway, probably not. Um, but yeah, so that's what he meant by before the silence at the yeah, and his name was Mylon at the time. Dope. But also, I thought this was neat. Sauron was a servant of Aula, the Valar Aula, the one that the dwarves talk about all the time. Oh, who the one who created the dwarves? Okay. And so he was a smith, second only to Aula. So that's why he's be a, he'd be a forger because that's his thing, man. He'd be smithing. So right, that's a neat thing. So Feanor has to do with the Silmarillion, and he's the one who forged the Silmarils. 
and which led to a lot of death and destruction. I think that's what those jewels are, are the remaining, the Silmarils. Oh, okay. Um, so they important stones. Super powerful stones that are in those rings. Um, Rune, the land that the stranger feels like he needs to go to. He just felt it to be true when uh, the servants of Sauron told him that. Uh, is a far east land on Middle Earth um, where humans live that have always served the Dark Lords. Um, so I don't know why he would need to go there if he's not Sauron, because they thought he was Sauron when they said that, because mm-hmm. that's that's evil land. Yeah. Um, well, get, he's got to go to Hermit's Hat. Yes. Well, he ain't got his wizard hat yet. He's going to go there and get a hat. That's where he gets his hat. Well, Gandalf's never explored there. Is the actual lore? I think Aragorn has been there, but we never find out what he does there. Is mm-hmm. like the the book lore of that place. Um, so, as far as we know, in the books, Gandalf says he's never been there. He's never explored there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting, but I'm I'm curious to see what happens there. And then we talk about the Istar. Those are the wizards. There's five wizards. Uh, you know them: uh, Saruman, uh, you, uh, Gandalf, Saruman, and uh, Radagast. But then the two blue wizards as well. Um, I don't know if we'll see. And Lil. I don't know if we'll see any of the other four uh, as far as that goes in this show, but that'd be cool. And that's it. That's the only second breakfast, second breakfast that I found. I love it. Our next segment is Elevensies. I wish is Old <laughs> Toby, the finest Our scenes. eleven favorite scenes <laughs> in the South Farthing. Andy, what is your number three favorite scene in this episode? Uh, let's see. My number three is the sequence of the, uh, basically the big fight with the, uh, dweller and the aesthetic and the, uh, Dingleberry, um, the sequence of the Harfoots trying to save Gandalf, that specific shot of the dweller shaking off the illusion of the stranger, the, um, leaves falling away and, uh, revealing the true form, uh, the stranger walking in all powerful as fuck with those leaves, same leaves blowing around. Yes, his feet. That's my number three as well. The fire blowing around everything about the sequence was gorgeous and, um, just excellent. Even just specifically, uh, the, the nomad or the dweller transforming back into itself, mm-hmm. that shot alone made it on my so old Toby's fucking cool. I wrote that down before everything else happened and it just got cooler and cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, a really incredible cinematography and effects in this episode. Um, so that's my number three as well. Andy, what is your number two? My number two is Nori's goodbye, uh, particularly to her father. Uh, the, some father I am, I didn't teach you a thing. <laughs> Um, I love the, That's uh, my number two as well. is it a Harfoot without manners? This is like to get as far as a square wheel. Um, don't shit upstream because you might need water downstream. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't What's remember. her dad's name? Largo. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, I just love the fact that like he has no confidence because that's how my dad was, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I didn't teach you anything worth remembering. Good luck. It's like just literally everything I know. It was like, I learned a ton of shit. And I love that mm-hmm. moment where, where she's and, like, oh, fucking dope ass shit. I learned from you. Yeah. Don't shit in the water. I'm about to drink. How about that one? Yeah. When you put out a fire, you do it with water and earth. <laughs> that was the third one. Um, yeah. But uh, the acting from the dad was. Uh, he was my uh, uh, one performance to rule them all in a couple episodes ago. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he just absolutely crushed it in that sequence. Um, but also this got what was my favorite shot that I alluded to before. Oh, we never got to f- talk about that. That's it was, right. It was uh, when they parted ways um, and we see the Harfoots. It was just like a uh, crane shot uh, lifting up the Harfoots walking towards the camera and then Nori and Gandalf walking the opposite direction, like over the hill, like the uh, angle of it. The Harfoots are walking like downhill, but towards camera and uh, 
Nori and Gandalf are like cresting a hill and I can't even picture that shot. Dude, it's gorgeous. It's so well done. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's my number two. And me as well. Me as well, baby. And I forgot to mention during the number three, a huge part of that though, uh, was Gandalf saying, you know, from shadow you came, yeah. you know, the, the stuff that he screams. Flame of Voodoo. Yeah, almost exactly <laughs> what he screams at the Balrog and Moria a couple thousand years later. Um, God, I felt good to, to see that. But yep, that's my number two as well as Nori's goodbyes. And uh, I wonder if our number ones are the same. It's a, a very l- similar moment to Nori's goodbyes. Uh, What's your number one? Yeah, very similar. Do you want to do yours? Because so far I feel like I've just talked about it. All. It's the moment between Gandalf and Nori um, right after. Which- yep. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically the line. Yeah. Always follow your nose. Yeah. It's like, it's him. I almost cried. Confirmed. I did cry. I was like, it's him. Yeah, he did. He whimpered, which is weird. He didn't cry. He was like whimpering. Like, <laughs> um, But yeah, an epic moment. I mean, who doesn't love Gandalf the Grey specifically? Mm-hmm. I like Gandalf the White. He's but he, fine. He's a little too... I don't know. It's full of himself. Yeah. He insists upon himself as the white. too straight. Which is what the whites do. (laughs) (laughs) But Gandalf the Grey, nobody can hate him. Mm -hmm. Um, An epic moment. I honestly, though, I haven't chosen a one performance to rule them all yet. No? I don't know what to do. I want to be inspired by your choice, maybe. Because I I feel like in this wrap-up episode, even though it's probably top three of the season... Um, I'd be interesting to rank the episodes with Steve. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll do that. We'll rank the episodes with Steve and we'll do that for hot D as well. But like, there's no like standout performance in this episode. There's just everybody being consistent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Andy, what'd you go with? I went with, uh, the guy that plays Gandalf, uh, Daniel Wayman. Uh, it was the first opportunity that he had. It's like, to oh, he can act. Really, act, well, to, <laughs> to really actually play. He's been doing great f- with what they gave him, which was go stumble and mumble, you know, and occasionally do some magic y shit. Right. Uh, and this time he actually got to play Gandalf for a minute and he did so well. And like, he hit like the, the little coyness and like the um, wisdom and like aloof type of uh power that gandalf has and like this way of kind of like and in subtly encouraging people um that ian mckellen did so well in the movies and uh this guy got about three minutes to do that and he did it so well and it was so like heartwarming to me to get to see that character that i love so much being himself again yeah uh, yeah, it was and I, that, that guy by a mile. I love the whole idea that they're instilling. It's like, this is where he gets his affinity for hobbits mm-hmm. is this history that he has with the Harfoots um, and specifically Nori. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it to, to Megan Richards, uh, who plays Poppy Proudfellow, um, just to, just to give us a streamy, because again, I was kind of blown away with uh, her performance and how tearful that goodbye was and how much of that feeling was being passed to me to a relationship that, to be honest, I wasn't really that concerned about mm-hmm. for the other seven episodes, you know? Um, but it, it's like, damn, they should have given Poppy a lot more to do. She's incredible. I want to give her a streamy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that pretty much wraps up anything else you want to say about T-Rob. I just so happy that it ended on such a high note for me because 
I mean, it, they it saved it been, with this episode. It had been a pretty good show that had some great moments to like, now I can't wait for season two. Yeah. Season two. It really sold me. And I called it though. After, um, after five or so, at some point I was like, these next three episodes are going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just took too long to get here. In my opinion, I said that it's on recording and mm-hmm. they were, I mean, the last three episodes were great. This one, like you said, specifically delivered some stuff we've been waiting for, for a long time. Uh, and we'll talk about the rings of power more. Once we have Steve back, we'll rank the episodes and do a mailbag. Uh, follow us on Twitter at stream thing pod, uh, right in at streaming things pod at gmail.com. And please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com slash streaming things to get a bunch of different extra cool shit that's all the time we have for right now my name is chris i'm andy this is streaming things happy streaming It's time for the new patron shout outs. Thank you all. Well, guys, I've got great news for you. We have new patrons to thank. Yes. Well, let's give a shout out to the people who joined up and became members of the Streaming Things family this month. First, in the Try Before You Deny uh, section, we have Stanton and Valerie. Stanton and Valerie, man. Thank you so much. And never forget, (laughs) just try before you deny, man. Our new Marty B VIP producers include Ryan Bigger, Maggie, HHS Teacher, Hailey mm-hmm. B, Abby Volmer, Florida Josh, Christopher Corelli, and Alex. Florida Josh, are you the man that all those articles have been written about? Next up, we have our chocolate pudding producers. We have Tile, Jillian Sloan, Alex Lembeck, Jennifer Lynn Isvan, Lauren Hartzier. Morgan Quimby, Ryan J. Poole, Misa McDaniel. <laughs> Is that like a Jar Jar, Jar, Jar Binks thing? Yeah, Misa McDaniel. Misa uh, Gavusa. Gavongo. <laughs> the Planet Core. Uh, Erica Swanson, Courtney Kilpack, Michelle, Katie, Joe Velez, Barry, Jenna, Melanie Bordelone, Alicia Martinez, Isis, Amy S., and Jennifer Hardy. <laughs> It's not that ISIS. <laughs> we also have some Friends Don't Lie producers that join this month. That is Claire Cumming Herrero and Jenna. And then we cannot forget the people who upgraded the Patreon. So these are, these are people who were at lower tiers and decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to shoot for the distance. I'm going I'm I'm to go make higher it rain. I'm going for speed. Yeah, they got one of those little guns that shoot dollar bills and they just like mm-hmm. shot it right all over us. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, upgrading to the try before you deny tier. We have Ghost. Uh, upgrading to the Marty B VIP section because they knew it was so cool. There's a Nina in there. We've got Maria, Ali Awald, Rachel Malloy and Tony Dare. I Tony dare you guys to upgrade further. Well, <laughs> well, one person took you up on that. They upgraded to the chocolate pudding tier, and that is Jenna. Jenna, uh, welcome Jenna. and thank you. thank you. You have found the chocolate pudding. Much uh, and keep it going, man. Just keep it, stay in the family. We need you here.